Hey guys, welcome to episode 202 of the podcast, uh, Boys of Summer series with Dave Hill. Uh, Listen, Dave Hill's awesome. Um, Many of you probably know that. If you don't, you're soon to find out. Uh, shout out wise, I want to thank um, the Atkinsons for their lovely note. Um, and uh, the same goes for Writer's Block and Rena and Robert. Um, and then I, the other thing that I wanted to do this episode, and this is, I'm going to go ahead and say, might be unprecedented. Uh, as you know, I don't do advertisements. Um, I did like a couple here and there. Um, and, <laughs> and I was made fun of for how uncomfortable I was with it and how much I felt like I had to explain myself. But anyway, um, here I go again. But in this case, these really, really nice girls from a company called FabFitFun, um, just F-A-B-F-I-T-F-U-N, sent me a gift box of what they do monthly. Um, and if you guys have ever done like Birchbox or anything uh, where you get little samples of stuff, this is like that, except it's full-size stuff and um, as part of a subscription service. And I, <laughs> I feel like when I get sent stuff like that, most of the time for me personally, I'm like, oh, I don't really have a use for most of this. But this one came with like a little herb kit. So right now on my windowsill, I have like fresh basil and thyme and rosemary growing. And it came with this um, kind of exercise thing that is this 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 band that you use. It's sort of a tension band. It's kind of like lifting weights. And I actually had on my list to buy one. Ugh, this so, so this is, the, I, these girls couldn't have planned it better. And then just like some beautiful shower gel and I think a little cute little necklace. Anyway, uh, I agreed to, like, they sent me the box, and I was like, listen, this is actually great. So um, this is the most casual, unofficial, uncorporate ad ever, but uh, these wonderful girls at FabFitFun, uh, FabFitFun.com, will offer $10 off if you use the code JVClub. Their handle on Twitter is at FabFitFun, and their hashtags are hashtag FabFitFun. And the other thing I want to add is there was a really kind of great positive um, note kind of talking about who they are that I think comes with every box and it really put a smile on my face so there you have it guys it's a one-off but um, it's a sincere one Uh, so that's that and uh, I want to get you into the episode with Dave and I will talk to you soon on the podcast now entering nerdist.com This is uh, this the, the husky is and I did promise that I wasn't going to talk about dogs this entire time, but she it's hard not to at least address it on some level when there is this kind of like top layer of hair everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right I, before you came here, if I'm honest, I swept my hand along the this little part of the step that goes down into the den just to collect the clumps that were floating there like little dust bunnies. We have all that. My everything is covered. She doesn't look like she would shed as much. She does somehow. I mean, it's just lot, like all my clothes. I used <laughs> to look okay. I think, but <laughs> now I'm just covered in dog hair everywhere yeah. I go. Do you have you graduated to what things can I have around that will show the hair least, or is uh, it a lost cause? It's pretty much. I don't know. Well, because I li- I like color. You know, like I love your rug. 
And I love, uh, I'm sorry. It's all right. Put it where I won't do that. Um, I, yeah, not like I, I like color and textures and stuff. So I'm like, I'm, I'm not changing for this dog. I'm just yeah. gonna have to like figure. Or just wrap her in cellophane. It. Yeah, I mean, that's even if what you're I'm covering eighty percent of her body, I'm gonna compromise her. Better. I'm not gonna compromise that's me. That's what I'm talking about. Don't let the dogs win. Now, this is the one thing that uh, that I will use as a segue because you mentioned that I was saying I didn't grow up with dogs, but and and we both have dogs now. But you said you did grow up with dogs. But yeah. was it was it like was was it something that you hadn't sought out? Was it something that some other member of your family brought in, or did you yourself say I really want a dog, but you as just have the connection? Yeah. Oh, we begged. Like I had three sisters and a brother, and we, you know, my sisters, I think especially, we just begged for a dog, and we finally got one. When I was eight, we got a golden retriever, and it was a crazy dog, and I was a crazy kid, and we were just a bad mix for each other, and he bit me in the face oh, <laughs> eventually. No. Oh, no. You can still see it um, right here. It just looks like a smile, like a nice smile line. Thank you. Well, thank the surgeon. The, <laughs> the team sur- like, I had plastic surgery four times, and you know, because... I remember I, it happened when I was like 11 and um, my mom was like, I remember we went to the emergency room and I thought like, oh, stitch me up and let's go home. And it was just like waiting and waiting for like the perfect doctor to, to like come along and be like, I know what to do. And and I every, like once a year I would have to go and they would do some crazy like whatever to me. Otherwise I would look like a like I was an organized crime, or, uh-huh. like in an old, in old timey way. I mean, you that know? sort of has its own appeal. Yeah, I, what if yeah. you were like, I got plastic surgery four times. The first one to fix that, and then I just I got addicted to it. So yeah, cut tons. me to look like Veronica Lake. Well, yeah, it makes it does sound like. Uh, I mean, because I was like plastic surgery. I'm just I'm just a little boy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they're like, no, that's just what everything is called when they just try to make <laughs> and you. And will look there pla- not be insane. plastic? Like, is there yeah. plastic involved every time? And I don't the, even know the answer to that now, if I'm honest. I've never thought about it I before. I think it just means, like, uh, cosmetic, I guess. Plastic. Yeah. I just don't know the origin of why it would be called that. They, yeah, I don't know. I guess we don't have to do a deep dive into the etymology of, of plastic surgery, but it yeah, is interesting. I don't know, but, but every summer, yeah, I was a kid with, like, bandages on my like, face. Let's go back. Like, Let's do a little and more. The questions. And I always felt so bad. Because I loved my dog. I wasn't I wasn't like that jerk. I was like, it wasn't his fault. Did he get put down? Yeah. I mean, it was literally like let sleeping dogs lie scenario. Like he was asleep and I was watching some movie. Oh, no. And uh, A I golden went, retriever. I mean, I feel, I feel like they can cr- be nutty, but I don't think he, I don't hear very much about them. They again. think he was like inbred. Uh-huh. Plus, like I was pro- inbred. <laughs> It's a terrible combo. It was just a bad combo. Yeah. yeah. So um, I kissed him on the snout and he was asleep and he just sort of was like, ah, and <laughs> bit my face and like just ripped it, ripped it open. Christ, that's awful. Yeah, it was a negative experience. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what is funny to me is, and this is, uh, a, this is a, a gross oversimplification of my interest in the idea of you as a crazy kid and the idea of you now because you're not it's not like you became a mild-mannered accountant 
by any means. But mm. your energy is much more low key and mellow than a ton of other sort of comedian storyteller yeah. host types. Well, I think of what maybe it, I don't know. I'd, I'd I'd have to ask around. I think it was higher at one point, and I think I got to be like fourteen. And one day I was just like, I'm not giving it up as easily. (laughs) (laughs) And I just kind of leveled out. Uh And I was like, I'm going to make people come to me from now on. I'm not coming. I'm not putting the energy out. Yeah. That's interesting because it feels like there's that's a time when potentially your energy would just like everything would become so distorted with hormones that you know well, I think it would cause you to mellow out. But I, but I was in I was in like an all boys Catholic high school, and so I, I you kind of had to just be like it was more like I'm gonna just shut down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because, because there was no girls around to impress. That's true. So I was like, why am I? I'm not gonna be anyone's monkey sure sure <laughs> so. bring a cute girl in here i might monkey yeah, around yeah. a little bit <laughs> yeah but what, it was just like a bunch of boys so what do you like, feel uh, i'm i went to a public school and and uh and it's been a while i think since i've had a guy who went to an all-boys school but um but i'm always interested like i was sort of came from a place where i thought oh i think it was great for me to be at you know, a public school that was that had diversity and that both genders were attending and all this, um, and that I, for some reason I was very close-minded about the idea. And I don't know if it's mm-hmm. because I also had this kind of like bleeding heart liberal, like we all belong with the same education, and you know, how dare yeah. somebody get a better education than me because they have more money? I, I, there may have been an element of that because my dad was a public school teacher uh-huh. and my mom taught private school. But um, but do you feel like looking back, are you? glad that you didn't have the distraction of girls uh as a straight person or are you sort of like i don't know it would have been kind of nice no i think i would have loved it you know like i don't know do you feel like there's more focus on that like studies or do you feel like it probably it wouldn't have made a difference i don't know because i think people make that argument like it's great not to have i think that's the idea yeah but i don't know i don't know if that matters really like I would I would have liked to have had girls around, you know, because <laughs> otherwise it was like you only saw them, uh, like at sporting events. And I only play I was I only I played hockey and I was good at it, but I wasn't like a jock. It was more like I had I didn't fit in with the team at all. Like so it wasn't so even though there were like girls at the game, I was like this weirdo to that to everybody. And uh, so there was no, I just wouldn't even know where to meet girls. And then I didn't, I didn't drink. Not that everyone in high school was like, but like, I, I wasn't even like sneaking a six pack or two cans of beer in my ski yeah. jacket like everyone else. And so that was like, kind of like, okay, he's not hanging out with us in, in the basement drinking. Yeah. So like, I just had no, but I think I could always talk. So like, if I could be like, come over here uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> into a dark alley. Let no, me like share I would always talk. To, I would always, yeah, I would talk to the girls and stuff. And uh, but I was just so shy, and I, you know, I was just like, well, I don't know. And I, I just had like a couple of friends, and uh, I knew everyone, and like got along with everyone. But I wasn't like hanging out. All, I don't know. Yeah. So, but yeah, I would have loved. So, all by way of saying, like, yeah, it would have been great. Uh-huh. If I could just run into girls in the cafeteria. 
Well, sure. Now let me do some uh, detective work. You've described playing hockey and wearing a ski jacket. Mm-hmm. I have to assume you were a teenager in San Diego, California, uh, where no, hockey and snow uh, reign supreme. Yes, exactly. Uh, no, where were you a teenager? In Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and I, I've only skied, I think, twice in my life. But you, you didn't were, come from a family of skiers. No, we were like. I feel like I was robbed because I think I had a nice up like upbringing and like we were financially fine. Like I never wanted for anything. And with such a big family, that's saying a lot, I think. Yeah, but we weren't like country club. Like we didn't go on like that. Like all the other kids in school, like were like clearly enjoyed a nicer lifestyle. And I like I was like I think I think my parents are just holding out on us. Like, <laughs> Are they like, why don't we go there? You know, why don't we do this stuff, you know? But, uh, but you, you know, you want to like fit in a little bit. I mean, I stopped wanting to fit in like pretty young, but at least there was a time when I was like, oh, yeah, I would like a ski jacket. Right. But right. I never had the cool ski jacket. I would always get like the off brand mm-hmm. one. And I think eventually I just left it at a party. Uh-huh. <laughs> that you had not smoked beer know what it, with it. I don't know. I don't know what happened that. Uh, well, I was just the worst, like because I didn't drink, and but I would I, I would like shake beers up, and I like to just make them explode, <laughs> which is when like everyone I mean, has worked science. so hard to right. like sneak them uh-huh. out of their fr- parents fridge you know and you're like taking them and like uh-huh. throwing them in the driveway they're like well this kid's just an asshole uh-huh. we only have six beers right, between right. the 12 of us and now we have five uh, what but, a child um, well yeah. what did you then what did you and your couple of friends like doing like what did you enjoy other than hockey what did you like doing with your free time and stuff just like playing the guitar yeah, when did you start playing your, the guitar? For those of you who don't know, uh, Dave is a very accomplished guitarist oh, and is uh, lauded by professional professional. I only do music musicians uh, as well as the comedy <laughs> and rest of world. Thank you. Um, well, I was like twelve, or thirteen, and that can be unless you did you start do were you do, did you make any bands happen or anything early I, on because because it can be I, I say as a fellow guitarist maybe five percent as talented as you if that uh but it was a very solitary experience for me because i wasn't i started in classical and like didn't you know it was not a thing it wasn't until college these guys know where i finally was like i wonder if i could just like write folk songs and stuff is that what guitars also do (laughs) like Mm -hmm. for some reason i sort of didn't bridge the gap between the music i like to listen to and the fact that i played guitar until much later yeah it's i mean yeah i feel like I'm similar in that. Yeah, well, I I tried to play in bands in high school, but I was always so like, I was I didn't had no patience for like people even like we were kids, and I was like, why can't you? Why aren't you good at your instrument? Like, why can't you play? And I so I wasn't fun to be in a band with. I think I tried to form a couple bands, and people were like, Dave's not fun because hmm. like he wants does to sound good did you so, take lessons from just like a, an instructor did you were you self-taught How i did, did a it? yeah a little a couple times i took there was like a guy in the next town over i still know him his name's joe manning and he was like the guitar teacher and and he had a you know cool electric guitar but i was always obsessed like with electric guitars for like long before i had had him and uh 
And then, so I got took from him for like a year and then I got into high school and like I was on the hockey team and I was just, I don't know. I was just wanted to play, but I didn't want to like go to lessons. And so I just, and then when I was like a senior in high school, there was like a shredder, you know, like a super heavy metal guy, like Mm -hmm. that wore like leather pants everywhere. (laughs) And I was like, I want to learn how to do that. So I took lessons from him for like a few months. Mm. But that, other than that, it's always just been like sitting around because I could always play by ear. Mm -hmm. And it's really just like, you know, and now with like the internet and stuff, you can go like, you know, oh, I wonder how this goes. But then you look up what you're trying to play and there's like some seven-year-old kid in Japan uh-huh. who's just smoking <laughs> you on it. Like you just go, oh, I shouldn't have ever yeah, picked up this Yeah, the internet is, is an extraordinary source of intimidation in a way that I never, you know, I'm like so glad never to, experience as a, to have experienced as a young person where I just think it's hard enough now for me to push past going like, I'm sure this has been done 17 times to a thousand times before. Yeah. This idea that I'm you know googling to make sure mm-hmm. you know a fresh idea or something like that where like i remember even just being in my very early 20s being in a band in san francisco and feeling like we just had our pick of band names because no one you there could be a there could be a band with the same name as us in you know san jose and it wouldn't make a difference yeah it, it yeah now i mean i because i you know i form a new band every week uh-huh. you know like <laughs> And usually don't get past. The only past. reason I'm having you on the podcast is because I'm auditioning. I feel like I'm auditioning <laughs> for this band. Uh, well, I, I was, it was all it takes is a good band name, and then I'm like, yeah, we should do it. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> and just at hey. least make like one song. Yeah. Like yesterday, I did the Chewin. Do you know the Chewin It podcast with Kevin yeah. and Steve? Yeah. And somehow one thing led to another, and Steve is like, we should have a band called Warcock. And then I was like, that's a great name. And yeah. then, and so I was like, we should really follow through and do it now because uh-huh. that's a really good name. But yeah, so I have a lot of fans like that where Stitched we never get past the, so never get the name part. Uh-huh. But you Google the name, you're like, well, it's not taken. Yeah. So we to jump on this. Yeah. I love all of these, these sort of front loaded reasons to make yeah. music that instead of like, I don't know, we were just playing together. And a couple of weeks later, we were like, you want to be in a band? And then it took us six months to come up with a name. Yeah. That's more my style, I think. Mm-hmm. If that. Um, did you, were you, uh, I, I just, again, it's this this idea of you having the kind of dedication and the the snobbishness enough to sort of have a band when you're in high school and go, guys, come on, I need you to show up for this. I, I need yeah. you to come prepared. Well, it was, they didn't put up with it, understandably. Like, um, like well, the first band I tried to f- form... <laughs> Was, oh, it was such a disaster. First of all, we called ourselves the good old boys, which, you know, from <laughs> Blues Brothers. Because we're like, yep. we'll take that name. Yep. And uh, and then it was like this girl that I dated briefly and was like in love with. You know, she broke up with me, as as they always do. And, uh, <laughs> and she... She, so, but she played keyboards, and I was like, "I'm going to ask her to be the keyboard player in the band and win her back." No, and then, sure, that always works. Yeah, that's a perfect plan. Yeah. And uh, and then so she was in the band, and then like the other guitar player was in love with her too, <laughs> and it was just horrible. It you was had horrible. your own little John Hughes movie going. Yeah, on it really was. Uh, 
this thing where, you know, we were just like, let's go get Burger King after practice. And like, everyone's like looking over each other's shoulders like, wait, why are you sitting on that side of the booth with her? Why? I just went to get another what Coke. What does it mean? What does it yeah, mean? It was horrible. What kind of music, uh, for example, did the good old boys play? We tried to play like the replacements. I think maybe... We probably only knew, like, I think we tried to play Bastards of Young by The Replacements, and I don't know if we even got past that song. Mm -hmm. But uh, (laughs) we probably knew another one. I'm trying to think of what, like, R.E.M. or something. Yeah. What kind of music were you listening to? Were you, was that a good reflection, or were you kind of, because I know you said you wanted to learn how to play more metal guitar, or at least shred when you were older. Well, yeah. Well, I weirdly always, like, had an interest in that. Like, I've always kind of... I know now people, just because of uh, some stuff I do, I guess think that like I'm just obs- I am obsessed with metal, but I think some people think that's like all I listen to. But I listen to you know like the Smiths are like my favorite band, and Led Zeppelin, those two, but uh, and like the Replacements, and uh-huh. you know there's ten favorite. Bands, oh sure, but, sure. Uh, no, I but, have a thing where I'm like I have I sort of have that about bands and about movies where I'll say this is my top five twenty movies. Yeah, <laughs> where you sort of somewhere in there they all get to be your top five movie, but yeah. there's twenty of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like that, but I always my my buddy Tim, who's still like one of my best friends, he and I were always like we were the two guys like because you know when you're in high school like. I don't know what it's like now, but like you, it wasn't okay to like, you couldn't be like, Oh, I like this. And I like that. I like this. I like that. You know, with music, you're like, who are you? What guy are you? What yeah. Music is it? Cause you're you? going to be like, well, I like, I like metal. I like, uh, indie rock or whatever, or whatever it was called at the time. And, uh, or I like punk or I like hardcore. I like, we just liked everything. So we would just go see, you know, we'd love the we love the replacements. We go see them, but then like David Lee Roth would come to town. We would go see that because we were just like we love. We were just loved to rock out. Yeah, and you know, yeah. like whatever was happening, we'd be like, well, we let's oh, Scorpions are coming. Let's go to that. You know, like yeah. And then we'd see Flock or, or you know, I would I think I'd see like yeah, I would see ZZ Top. Then one night Psychedelic Fur is the next, and you know, Rat the night after <laughs> that, and like. <laughs> The replacements and Who's Crew and all those bands and and I, it was just me and my one friend that would do it and everyone's like, what? Why did you go see this and then you sell that? That's not you can't do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But we were just always into all of it and like I think metal especially, um, was kind of like even if I didn't like the band, I always liked the guitar. So I'd be like, I don't like the singer, the drummer, the bass player, but that guy, yeah, the guitar that's player, what I was is gonna cool. Because you, there's you definitely named a lot of like very specific guitar, like known for their guitar styles, whether they're alike or not. Like obviously Johnny Marr is not the same as Rat, but yeah, um, or Van Halen, but um, but that's w- what I wanted to ask was like, did you get into music that was sort of just synthesized or mostly guitar free, and also enjoy that? I mean, were you like, yeah, yeah. Totally. I Chilling mean, out with some Billy Joel and or early depression. Oh, mode. yeah. The stranger. Forget it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that would be like my sister would have that. And, uh, but yeah, like Depeche Mode. I was never like super, I, I kind of like cherry picked what I was into with them. Like, like I love, I think that People Are People song was the first song I ever heard by them. 
You know that song? Mm-hmm. And I love that. I was, I was a huge like, that's Depeche really Mode cool. Kid. And, they uh, were like my gateway into coming out of like just sort of having an understanding of pop and then just sort of like my dad has very cool taste in music. So knowing his music, but it sort of came up to like talking heads and the police and then kind of ended and then mm-hmm. it was more stuff that I wasn't as into. Yeah. But, and so getting into like the cure Depeche Mode, the Smiths, all of that, that was so far out of my dad's purview that that was like the first music that I really kind of cherished as my own, you mm-hmm. know, at 13 going like, Oh my God, this is a song about getting naked. You know, like yeah. I think black celebration was the first album that I really was like, this is all mine, everybody. Yeah. I mean, I think I was that way. Like for me, it was like the replacements in the Smiths were like, I was like, Oh, cause you know, before that, but that, well, like those bands and like who's could and bad brains and stuff. Well, bad brains are not a good example because they were, well, first, like, Led Zeppelin, I was just, like, Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, and, you know, more, like, classic rock stuff, but, and then the replacements was, like, I was, like, oh, they're kind of like us, they're like me and my friends, you know? Oh, absolutely, I mean, so that is felt, very much that kind of American band that feels like, these guys did it, and they're great, yeah. there's something about it that's very uh, accessible in that way. Yeah, so it was... You know, because Led Zeppelin, you'd be like, well, they live in castles. Yeah, they seem like gods, for sure. Yeah, and they like, what? They, like, they maybe they made a deal with the devil. Like, all this <laughs> stuff that was like, and like, they're on heroin. And like, all this stuff that was like, so unattainable. Yeah. Like, when you're living in this suburban Cleveland. Yeah. But their replacements, you're like, they're standing right in front of me, and they're drunk, and like, and they have beer. Like, I could do that. Yeah. And, so um, I mean, I don't know. I wonder how they feel about throwing beer in the air. And yeah. <laughs> they probably wouldn't be into it. <laughs> but, um, but then, yeah, and, like, um, and... And same with Husker Du, I was like, well, like, that guy's fat even when he's rocking out, you know? Because Bob Mould was, like, pretty chunky back then. Right, right. And, uh, and so I was like, oh, wow, like, you, you don't even have to be, like, a skinny. I mean, at the time, I was, like, a pretty skinny. I probably looked more like Jimmy Page than Bob Mould. But, uh, and now I'm probably somewhere in between. <laughs> but, uh, but. I was like, oh, these guys like regular. But then like Bad Brains, I was like, oh, this is a whole... Because I always talk about this, but like Led Zeppelin like scared the hell out of me when I heard it. My dad brought home Led Zeppelin 4 and I was like, whoa. Like I was afraid to be left alone in the room with it. (laughs) I loved it, but I was just like, whoa, this is something. Yeah. This is not the Beatles. I love the Beatles and I love my sister's Fleetwood Mac records and whatever else I've heard. But no, this there's is absolutely like something thing. far more dangerous about. Yeah, it just sounded like. Just sounds like this is like four guys, but then something else. No, it is. It's very like angry, sexy devil music. Yeah, you know, in a great way. Yeah, and it was. And then when I heard, do you like do you know Bad Brains? Mm-hmm. Do you, like when I heard them, I had the same feeling. I was like, whoa what is this yeah like, what category do where does my brain categorize yeah this? and i was both like lyrically and tempo-y and style wise and yeah it was the same thing where i was like i definitely wasn't relating to it in a way like oh these guys are like me i was like these guys are gods and they're scaring the shit out of me you <laughs> know in, in, in the same way that i felt when i was seven years old and uh and still like 
I still think that about them. Yeah. Though they're kind of crumbling at this point. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, yeah. And where does, what about comedy? For the, Was that, were you also sort of a fan? Like, were you, I mean, you mentioned the Blues Brothers. Were you watching SNL? Were you into, like, when things like Kids in the Hall came around? Was that something you paid attention to back then? Yeah, you, totally. Yeah. I, I mean, I was into all that stuff, but I didn't relate to it in a way that I identified. I guess I identified with it in a way, like, where I was like, oh, these guys are silly like me. You know, like, when I would see Letterman you know, when he was on NBC, I would be like this, they're doing this for me and my three friends, you know, and we're the only ones that get what's uh-huh. happening, you know, like, you know, Chris Elliott would come on. We were just, we thought we were like, oh, this is for us and no one else, you know? That's how I felt about early Conan. Yeah. Just me, like when I was in college. Yeah. I just thought. sort of like something. You're I was like, how'd this guy get on the air? This is great. Yeah. That's, it was that. And like, I've still, I've didn't like always loved, you know, Chris Elliott and like Andy Kaufman and like, and, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Like I just thought, like, even though I get, I got that they were like all doing like characters or a bit or whatever. Like I love that their whole thing seemed to be that like, oh, if they were just at home in their bedroom, they would be doing this anyway. Mm-hmm. Like they're not walking out and going like, Hey, what's going on? How's everyone doing? Like, and I, I love that. that yeah, they weren't more of a performance than your kind way. of standard stand-up for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I, that was always my. Then like Pee Wee Herman, I would like. Oh my God, Pee Wee's Playhouse, and and just the fact that you felt like, oh, I'm just seeing this guy's world. And, yeah. Uh, and like, I mean, like Pee Wee's Big Adventure is still like one of my favorite movies ever me too and i love love loved peewee's playhouse as well and and uh and i i've kind of thought about that the other day i just uh it's hard to take out of context and plunk it down somewhere else or it's also very hard for me to sometimes it's hard for me to sort of figure out an association like what's that what's today's version of that other than that it's him because he just did the netflix movie but yeah but like he's already so well established like looking back and thinking who there like that's so specific that the what he did and who he appealed to and the kind of cross section of people certainly you know there's like some muppet stuff that that it has crossover to if not all of it but um but what a specific thing to kind yeah. of break through to the mainstream yeah. Like it's so specific. I feel like as an adult now, if someone, if if you wiped him from existence as a character and introduced the concept of Pee Wee Herman today, don't you feel like most people would be like, no thanks? I do think that. Yeah, like I, I say this all the time, but I feel like I mean, there's this. You, everyone, I think, thinks like, oh, we're always moving forward and we're always evolving. But I absolutely disagree. You know. I think stuff was way more interesting. I mean, talk shows alone, like just go back and watch early Letterman or watch the Dick Cavett show, just get the DVDs of that. And it's like no one in a million years would do what he did. Uh, I mean, look, look at Letterman. I thought, and, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, oh, screw all the talk shows now. Cause I think there's a lot of great stuff. But, uh, but I mean like Letterman would have like brother Theodore on, I mean it, and I tweeted this out and I thought like, I'm like, I hope people go like, yeah, Dave, you're right. 
But I tweeted and I was like, why doesn't, what, no one would ever do this now, put this guy, if he were alive, put yeah. him on an old, like, wherever he was from, yeah. like this crazy, it, it just wouldn't happen in a million years. And then, and also, yeah, like Pee Wee Herman and, and just like Dick Cavett's conversations where you're having like, you know, there'd be like the Smothers Brothers would be on after their show got canceled. Like they weren't promoting anything. Yeah, 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 And then yeah, there'd be yeah. a nutritionist. And then you'd have another thing like a politician and Sly Stone just like high out of his mind. Yeah. And like my favorite episode I think is like, well, I mean, there's there's like Gore Vidal and Norman Mailer like fighting. First of all, like the, our culture doesn't, wouldn't even support guys like that yeah. at this point. yeah. You know, like you couldn't be like, oh, here, like once in a while. Well, like Colbert, I think, has tried, but right. I think that's going But he away. had to come into it with such a specific hook in order to even make that, a, like, two guests that he could have, right? I mean, that's part of yeah. why there's, because there's such a proliferation of so many different versions of things that now, like, how, you know... Dick Cavett can't be the guy who has all those people on because he has to have his niche and this person only gets to invite these people on and this person is on this network, which is a little more family friendly, so they only have this kind of person on. It feels like yeah. there is, there's this sort of like tightening of, you know, that 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 opportunity to just go to, and, and to the control to be able to say, to feel like you're on like a cable like a like a cable access show yeah. where Dave could just be like, hey, this might be weird, let's try it. And you could just do that and there, no, yeah, people either loved it or hated it, but it also didn't matter. It wasn't like someone was like, I am turning this off forever because of this one thing he tried. It feels like people who were into it were like, I didn't, I didn't like that, but I love that he did it. Yeah, absolutely. That That's like, to me, yeah, I, I love, like... I, one of my and you became bands. friends with Dick Cavett, of course, yeah, which I, I absolutely love. He's amazing, and we had He's him at Sketchfest, and that I'm sure was you that you were the one who brought him yeah, well, to Sketchfest the first, the first time, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's the absolute king. And uh, I, I've asked him, you know, I said, "Why do you think?" I, I'm like, you know, like what you did would never just no the, the pauses would never be allowed to like. Just have the, just like this, like Groucho Marx or whoever, or, or, you know, Truman Capote or whatever, just sitting there and thinking for a second before he spoke. Yeah. In the audience waiting for that that to happen. Like, that would never happen now. Be like, why? No, we just have it in the pre interview. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And like. Well, those conversations seem like they happen more on podcasts now, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah, sort that's of where, where you happening. go to find these kind of things that don't necessarily stitch together or. Mm hmm that allow for rambling and allow for like, here's the space to breathe where this thing ended up getting discussed that no one really saw coming and there, you know, yeah. it wasn't prearranged and all that. Absolutely. And I think, I think people would be into it, but I mean, I, I asked, going, going back to my friend Dick Cavett, I asked him, I said, yeah, you know, tell, talk about him as much as you friend, want, Dave, you just, you've earned it. But I was like, why, why do you think it's, why do you think it's, everything is the way it is now? Like, especially with, you know, late night and stuff. And he said, you know, they, they always say the people get what the people want. And he's like, but I th I disagree. He's like, I think the people get what the people get. And it's a very small number of people who decide what the people are going to get. And they none of them want to get fired, you know. So Wise words. I think that's what the reality of it. And, but I, I yeah, I love that. I love stuff that's like, maybe it's not going to work. And like, I, I maybe didn't enjoy that, but I'm so psyched they did it. 
Like one of my favorite bands is the Melvins, who have been around for 30 years. And I probably only like half their music. Like I just saw them in concert and it would, they were great. But half the time I'm like, well, I don't really like this. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't like this song. I don't like what they're doing. Yeah. But I'm so, it's so them, mm-hmm. distinctly them and not caring at all what anyone else is doing or what's popular or what like i I was i was like oh they're just fully entertaining themselves yeah and like i'm sure there's other people here that are loving this song but i do not like it and but i'm so glad they're playing it yeah because it's just so distinctly them and so they're as much as i love them for the stuff that i love about them but i love them as much for the stuff that I don't like because they're just doing it. Yeah. And anyone, anyone like that, I think. And do you feel like you've applied that to how you approach your work? I think so. I mean, I just do what, and do you I, have, I and let do. me just say this, and not to put you on the spot, but do you have people who are like, because I had this conversation with Eliza Skinner, mm-hmm. where it, when you are someone who has eclectic interests or who does have this sort of like, if you'll pardon me having to use it, but this sort of authenticity that maybe is lacking in other environments, that that you have somebody who's like, well, why don't you do more of this thing that people seem to respond to and just cut back on the other stuff that's right. not selling as many tickets or whatever. Just let me let me hone you and let me pigeonhole you and kind of turn you into a bullet of success that yeah. has like been aerodynamically shaped for this thing that I think maybe people want to see the most of or the largest number of people want to see the most often. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't... I mean... If I could figure that out, I would do it. But but I think I learned, at least with comedy, like right very early on, like before I started really performing, like doing stand up or whatever I do, whatever it is, I don't know. Um, it like I started, I would just do this show, like in my this bar, my cousin ran, where it was just me, like interviewing people. It was like, and it was, it was pretty much like a talk show in the basement of this bar, Siberia, and. Um, I would do like some little bits at the top, just like a monologue thing. So I wasn't really doing stand-up. I was just kind of like, I'm just going to have my own talk show in this disgusting basement. <laughs> and I did it like maybe four or five times. And then... And how old were you then? Was this in Cleveland or was this No, elsewhere? this is in New York. This oh, okay. Like when I started like yeah, yeah, yeah. 10, Got it. Year, 10, 11 years ago. Got it. So um, and that was the first... I mean, I don't. That, I don't, don't really think of that as like really stand up, but it was like my first time not. Be, it was first time being on stage and not playing in a band. Yeah. So, but I was like really asking my friends what they thought, and they're like, "Well, do this," you know. Like, and we were like trying to do it together, and like, you know, one friend would be like, you, "Do more, be more energetic," you know. Someone else would be like, um, "Do this, do that," and I would like, "Okay, I'll, yeah, I'll do that." Uh, and this is all over the course of like a couple months. It wasn't like, it was just a very quick crash and burn <laughs> thing. And uh, and it was getting worse and worse. You know, the first one was really fun. The next one was pretty fun. And then and then it was like, well, let's make it really good now. Let's do it again. And we did it a couple more times and it just got sucked. sucked. <laughs> and, uh, and my friend, Christina Lee, who lives out here now, she was so helpful to me I, I don't know if she hopefully she'll hear this and 
And no, I don't know if I've ever. Christina, could you come in here? <laughs> we have a surprise. And could you bring uh, the metal shredding guy to that I asked you to get? <laughs> oh my gosh, this is your yeah. life. But I, I, she was just like, um, she's like, I think you should keep because I was just like, well, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do you know perform and anymore. And uh, she was like, well, you should uh, do it, but like, don't listen to anybody. Like, stop listening to me. Don't ask anyone what they think. And uh, so I was like, oh, okay. And uh, and then I just I kind of started over. And I think the first time that I really then was like, okay, I'm going to do be on a comedy. First of all, I was like stupid because I was I had only been to like one comedy show. I think I'd seen Seth Herzog's show that he had just started. And then I was like doing this, I don't know what it was, and in my cousin's bar basement, just being an idiot, talking <laughs> to people. And then like, uh, then my friend Tony Carnavali asked me to do, he did a show in like the Lower East Side, in the Parkside Lounge. And I, I did that. And I, and then I just decided, yeah, I was like, I'm only going to do what I think is what's entertaining to me, you know? And, and also I thought like, uh, I was not that I was like, oh, I'm going to be different or whatever. And like, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm like so different. Well, I'm just saying like, I, I only wanted to do what what felt right for me because I thought like, well, there's the world does not need another white guy getting on stage and talking about video games yeah. or whatever yeah. is the, the, or reality television or what. And I'm not knocking anyone who does that like. But why be? But why make yourself into something that isn't even like germane to you? Yeah, yeah. like I couldn't, you know, because I, yeah, like I, if I wouldn't even know if I were like, what did people want to hear about? Like I wouldn't even know. Yeah. Like, uh, so I just kind of, for better or for worse. I mean, it's not like I'm playing arenas, but you know, it's good. I've, I'm able to do it for a living, so. I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. um, But yeah, I just try to just, I don't know, do what, what's entertaining to me. And, and the 15 year old me really like I, I going back to me and my three friends, you know, watching Letterman or whatever we thought was what, whatever we were into. Like, I'm, I'm just like, I want, I want to make, go back in time and make us laugh in the basement. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And that's my only goal. Yeah. Is be like, would would me and my friends be into this if we saw this when we were kids? That's and, an amazingly small audience to yeah. want to please. And they're I mean, still my best so friends. There's so satisfying about that. They're my three best friends What still. did they go, did they go on to do? Like, did you, did you each kind of fulfill a thing that you could have ever seen coming or, or was everybody kind of like, God, if you, if you told well, this, you know, version of me what I would be doing for a living or where I'd be living, I'd be surprised. Or do you feel like it kind of all made sense? Well, me, cool I mean, sense. I'm surprised. I never, well, I guess I never would have expected that I would, would be like what I am now, like this sort of like doing comedy and writing and stuff. And then, but still like the fact that I've still playing bands and like, and weirdly, I mean, I sort of have this not like a huge musical career, but like I, I mean, I'm pretty much like trying to stop playing in bands and stuff, but it's like, I think just, I keep getting like, I mean, it's 
it's whatever i just keep getting dragged back into it like do you want to do this do that i'm like yeah that sounds fun and um and uh and so yeah but i never i never thought like that i would be doing you know sketch fest or like the fact that like i mean i'm of course you know it's convenient that you're sitting here but i I do always say like it is the best festival it's my favorite festival and it's the festival where i go like i can't believe i'm here you know i can't i can't believe that this is what I'm doing. And well, that, we feel like that when we're putting it on. So maybe there's a nice uh, copacetic energy well, that, there because we still are like, how is, what? Why, yeah. How are we doing this? Why it's is this incredible. working? It's the only, I mean, anywhere in the world, honestly, where I say like any show, you can't go to whatever show because it's all going to be good. You're not going to see a sucky show. Like there, there's not, no one's there for, for like everyone's there because they should be there, you know. Yeah. And then the range of people, you know, is just like I'm like I can't believe, like I'm doing a show with this guy. I can't yeah. believe it. Or like, oh, that's just or, great. You know. So that honestly is is that's times I'm like I can't believe like this guy. I'm talking to this guy or this person or whatever. Or this person knows who I am. Like, yeah. That's I'm totally. It's like this is so weird to me yeah i mean going back to bobcat goldthwaite like i mean then now i'm just speaking in general comedy things like but he was you know i saw him and i was just like whoa like and he was so strange and i loved it so much and uh but he was also i never understood that i always thought comedy was all improvised oh yeah i thought Anytime you oh, saw someone, wow. I because that that's why I guess I didn't understand. It didn't occur to me that it was like a job because I thought, well, David Letterman was probably the funniest of his friends, and I'm sure he was actually. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but but it, like I'm like he was the, the funny friend, and then his other friend ended up getting a job at NBC, and they're like, we got to put something in the 11:30 slot. Like I should call my friend Dave from high school. Like I honestly thought that's just how yeah it happened. So. And if you were watch, and if you were really into something like that, where there really was something different every single night, then you're not going to be thinking of it as a person who's out on the road doing the same set over and over again yeah. in different cities. And and Bobcat Goldthwait, you know, I'd seen him on TV and and stuff, and he came to Cleveland. I was like, oh, we got to go. And and then he did an interview in like you know he's on like the local news or whatever, and he said some joke. And then there was an interview with him in the paper and he said the joke. And I was like, that's weird. Like, he said it again. <laughs> Just, should someone tell him that yeah, he I was said like, it twice? I was like, oh. Because like, even by that age, I was like, you know, like I would never say a joke at the Thanksgiving the next year. You right. know what I mean? I'm like, I, I said that joke last Thanksgiving, yeah. whatever. And so then I saw him in concert and he did, said the joke and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, this is like a... Like a song, like a set, like a yeah. band set. You know, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh, I didn't feel like, like, oh my God, there's no Santa Claus. I just felt like, oh, this is, he's, he's working on this. This yeah. is like, this is a job. Like, and, um, and so that was a huge, like, oh yeah, God, that's whoa. a, that's a really, that's, I'm, I'm almost envious of the memory of that realization because that's not something I have any actual concrete memory of. Like, I couldn't tell you when I did or didn't understand that stand-up was a routine that people went and took around. I think I 
frankly, was so disinterested in stand-up at a time when that would have, there could have been the transition of realization of that. Yeah. I was just like not interested. And sketch I knew to be, you know, this thing that was written down and planned because yeah. they had costumes on and makeup and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, <laughs> using Kids in the Hall as an example, like, oh, clearly this is, been orchestrated in some cases for better or for worse like the melvins where there would be a sketch that i would just not think was funny at all but i would still love it yeah love that i didn't understand it love that i wasn't laughing but i was still mesmerized by it and Mm -hmm. all of that you know yeah totally that was uh i actually even though i so i had that realization when i saw him but then when i started performing i kind of then because I thought, like, well, New York, like, they're, you know, it must be just the same people every night in the audience, like, in the small little town I live in. And uh, and so when I started, I would never do anything twice because I thought, well, I did it, and I don't, what if someone saw, was that the other thing? Oh, yeah. I'm like, I can't do it again. Yeah. So when I started, I would never do anything more than once because I thought, like, there's I owe pro- it to the one person. Yeah, who may have, I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want anyone to have to see something uh-huh. again. <laughs> so, which was a good stupidity to have because I just was like working so hard. Yeah, and then finally, but I wasn't wasn't doing shows so much that it was like that hard. It was like, oh, I do, I'm doing Tuesday night, and then next Wednesday I'm doing this thing. So there was time, but then I remember the first. You know, early on, then I had two shows in a row, and I was like, "Oh, I don't have time." So I just did the, the same thing again, yeah. And it was totally different, and was better. And I was like, "Oh, practice, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah." Like you can get better, and like audiences are different, also, yeah. God, I love that you have these two different things that you, if you had applied the logic of a band that practices, that plays a set, and sort of recognized that there was a through line to that with another type of stage performance that... I'm the dumbest. (laughs) I'm the slowest person I've Uh... ever known. I mean... My my new book, ha- there's me on the cover holding like a small, like a toy house. And I did a reading and I was back in Cleveland and someone showed up with a little house and I'm signing books and stuff. And then someone's like, hey, I brought this house. I wanted you to sign it. And I was just like, <laughs> didn't make, I made zero connection with why. I just thought they were weird. And I was like. <laughs> Okay, I'll sign it. And they actually emailed me because I think they were... They were like, did I weird him out? Like, I'm sure they carried that away going, that wasn't the, that wasn't the ideal experience. Because I'm sure they were hoping that you'd be like, you, you're the best one of today. You're the best one. And I gave them the opposite of that. I was just like, okay, yeah, let me sign your weird house. Uh And, uh, (laughs) And then they emailed like, hey, I don't know if you understood but the reason i brought the house and i was like oh <laughs> so uh, yeah it, i'm pr- re- it, remarkably slow that is uh, an amazing anecdote that <laughs> ties beautifully into uh the fact that, you, that your book came out it's not your first um but uh what do you want to tell everyone what the name of it is sure and- it's called dave hill doesn't live here anymore and it just came out and it's a bunch of essays but mostly about Tiny houses? Tiny houses. All of them. That's what's so crazy. Well, the They're thing is, all about tiny it's houses all, and you still didn't get it. 
It was because the house didn't that they brought didn't look exactly like the one I was holding on the cover. (laughs) And that was an, an, I mean, but I'm like very easily thrown. Like if you left the room and came back with a baseball hat on, I'd be like, are you Janet's friend? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm I'm like, it's so easily thrown. (laughs) (laughs) So that's great. I just didn't pick up on it. Whenever I put a baseball cap on, that is a hat that I somehow never had on as a young person. Like, I mm-hmm. just never wore a baseball cap. I never yeah. had one. I never owned one. I would see people, other people wearing them and be like, oh, baseball cap. And I, I just had never put one on. And so that's a weird, normal American thing that I didn't put on until possibly 30. I don't, I, there's no reason for it. It's just, and I wear hats. I wear a lot of hats. Figuratively, <laughs> yes. But when I put, whenever I put that one on, my first thought when I look at myself in the mirror is, "You look like an FBI agent." I could see it. Yeah. Can you? With you, not me. I, I don't I look have... like a ball player, and no. I don't look like a person who's like incognito in a like you're a celebrity wearing a baseball cap and sunglasses kind of way. I feel I look like I mean business. Yeah. And that and I am out like... in the field. Yeah, and you're gonna kick and I'm gonna some crack doors. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would will, be yeah. scared if you had a baseball hat on. Yeah. I. Yeah, I have I have a huge Irish skull, so I can't. I could wear them as a as a kid, but like even then, it was like it was like maxed out, you know, like <laughs> the last. Yeah, snap, and like it was just one like more little snap that you could have. Yeah, my brother and I to. both had just these huge Irish, like deformed heads, <laughs> and now like my poor, uh, you know, the, the nieces and nephews are. The gene is being, you know, fortunately split in half or whatever, or however it works. Because unlike your poor dog, they're not as deformed. Your family isn't. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So, uh, but yeah, so I, once I got to be an adult, there was like a period in college where I was like, I'm going to be a baseball hat guy. (laughs) And then I was like getting these headaches, you know, (laughs) I'd have to sit down. So I was like, I'm just going to. Okay, this is actually great because I'm going to use it to segue into my MASH game. Uh, uh, MASH, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It is a mm-hmm. very uh, childlike game. Um, but I'm going to customize these categories as I do. So MASH, obviously, is mansion, apartment, shack, house. You'll end up with one of those. And uh, and we'll do a location where the, the one of those will exist in a moment. But I'm going to start out with a category. Give me three things, since we were talking about baseball caps, Three things that you can't sport, you don't feel comfortable, like um, I can't be that guy, either for a very literal size reason or just uh, I feel like people, even though I like to do my own thing, that might be pushing it too far or it's usually too hot to wear a blank. Three things that it would be fun in this alternate universe mash world to be able to throw on in any circumstance with with absolute comfort. Clothing-wise? Yeah, just like some some presentation accessory or, or... Okay. Even a different hairstyle, just some way of of presenting that that is easier and comfortable and fun in this world. So there really isn't a downside to sporting something. Three. So, well, shorts. I don't don't wear. I don't own shorts. Don't wear shorts. Um, Understood. I'm against them, generally speaking. However, I'm aware of the comfort they provide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. However, this is exactly what this category is for. I will not allow myself, just on principle, mm-hmm. to wear them. 
and I don't believe any grown man should. Well, it could be like in this <laughs> in this universe, it's almost like you can see a person till the bottom of the shorts, and then it's just blank. <laughs> Your sort yes. of eye line, it's almost like you can't go. There's a force field that doesn't allow. So you might as well be wearing pants, be the comfort of shorts because you are wearing shorts. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I have worn them, and like on the rare occasion, like I do, I. I do secretly own a couple pair of like swim trunks. Yeah. And I, I mean, do, I would hope that that would be an exception to the rule. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, a, I don't swimming. just jump in in pants, but, uh, and I, and I'm like walking around, I'm like, Oh, this is kind of nice. But on the, the flip side of it, you know, there's those guys that there's the shorts year round guys who are often, and sometimes one in the same, same as the winter hat year round guys, which is very popular in Los Angeles, bizarrely. Yeah. Um, but I would argue like, well, the, the fact that there are shorts year round guys trudging around in winter in New York and on the East coast, like that's proof that there's never a need for shorts. <laughs> like, because like if they, if it, they it, can exist in any circumstance, then anything else can also exist in their place. Exactly. In any so it feels put some like some goddamn sort of, pants on. <laughs> yeah, it's like an astrophysical kind of argument, right. which I am on board for. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just it. like, all right, there you go. Don't okay. worry. But but that said, I bet if I walked out of here right now in a pair of shorts and I felt the breeze, cool breeze on my legs as I walked mm-hmm. down the street, I'd be like, that's kind of nice. All right. So shorts. But, so now, but now I need two more. Clothing or just style wise? Anything. In I think general? style. Yeah. If you wanted to, if you I, wanted a mohawk that you could get rid of the next day, but you wanted, no, you know what I mean? I would like to slick back my hair. Okay. I think that would be maybe something. Like I've seen other people do it, and I'm like, but I feel like it's just putting my face front and center, <laughs> which is not my greatest feature. Oh, dear. So no. I just can't. The idea that I would be, would be Ex- showing more exposed. of my face uh-huh. and just. It just seems bad for everyone, so I won't do it. <laughs> Though I love the idea of it. I think a lot of people feel that way, but... I mean, I see it, and I'm like, oh, I wish I could be a guy who could just slick his hair back. Yeah. And uh, be fine with that, but yeah. not the case. And then... Uh, but then, then I run out of things. Then there's just things I won't do that I You will, would never want to do anyway. Well, I wouldn't wear flip-flops. Yeah. Though uh sandals of some sort, I bet if I did, I'd be like, this is kind of nice. Yeah. But I won't do it similar for the shorts. I think it's just I I don't know. That gets into a whole thing where I'm just like uh I'm I don't think men should wear sandals or flip-flops unless they're either fifty yard within fifty yards of their front door, or they can see a body of water. Uh-huh. <laughs> but no other like if you're walk if you're at like the corner of Fourteenth and Seventh in New York, and you're wearing you you I have a problem with you. That to me, <laughs> I mean, first of all, I I there there's a lot about what you just said that I agree with, and I I can't wear flip flops in general because I just kick them off. I guess I move too fast or something. I'm too fast for flip flops, yeah, or I'm just too clumsy because I I can't. I don't feel like I can move at the speed that I would like to, and 
I can't imagine having that much of my foot exposed in New York at any time. Right. Because I feel like it would just get stepped on or run over by a car. I feel like the tiny amount of canvas covering my sh- my foot with a sneaker still feels better to me than having just a flat piece of plastic and like a tiny little string almost. Yeah. That, that is, that's what's separating me from the streets of New York feels like a not yeah, a good idea. Yeah, it seems crazy. Doesn't feel so like a good idea. That. Well, I mean, I can put flip flops down, but, but if there's some look from like, oh, you know, in 1950 when I'm, they would da 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 da, and like, I just like, don't really oh, do I, that. That I would like to try. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are. Let, let me. Uh, I mean, because most stuff that I like, I just do with the exception. I mean, what about of like Robert shorts. Plant, like tight, just to get just to get it out there once, like yeah, t- open shirt, tight pants. I would like to boa do that. or whatever it was that he would wear. I mean, like a, yeah, like I would like to do it, but yeah, there's like I do have no matter what you know, and my you know my weight fluctuates a little bit, but even in me at the peak of my powers, like the lowest flab of the year. I still like always kind of like like to kind of wrap myself up in layers. Um, but yeah, it would be cool to just be like, like, do you know Rhett Miller? Oh yeah, I'm friends Rhett with always, him. His his shirt is always a one button. Yeah, he's one button always got lower than I would expect. Yeah, but he's he owns it and yeah. it's great and he's like a handsome guy. Yeah. like there's a good, that's a great example of like I mean Robert Plant. That's like a otherworldly but Rhett's like a friend of mine and I'm always like god damn it yeah. I wish I could walk in that's what I'm gonna do I'm with down my shirt, shirt like that and he's totally comfortable mm-hmm. and he looks great yeah and there's no way I could ever do it well maybe in this mash universe yeah maybe. and then maybe maybe like as like a 2a to that yeah and going back to the Robert Plant um I I this is you know the they the like low rise, the sort of like Robert Plant jeans. Oh yeah. So I got like a pair of Levi's like f- kind of boot cut or like kind of flared low rise jeans and didn't, this is so, I didn't know. I just put them on and pulled them up to where I thought I was used to my pants coming up to not realizing that they were supposed to be like two inches lower and I, I walked around and was like castrating myself, basically, <laughs> like because I was just like, yeah, crammed in there, and yeah. I was like, am I like uh, built like not like other guys? Because like I'm really struggling with these yeah. pants, yeah. And like that went on for a day or two before like uh, someone was like, you're not supposed to like pull them up like that. Yeah, but you probably were the only person who could sit down and not have half your ass hanging out. Yeah, I, can, I wouldn't want... I mean, that's just... That's a, that's why that's a, like a performance gene. It's like pose for a magazine picture a gene, but right. don't meet anyone for lunch unless you have a long, long shirt. Yeah, Because exactly. women go through that too. Yeah, so that there's that. I mean, the other thing I would say, like, I, I, um, I would like to go to the airport and like track pants... Yeah. And just dressed like I'm doing my laundry or yeah. something. But out of respect for uh, like believing that we're better as a society, I will not do that. Yep. Um, even though I acknowledge like, oh, yeah, that person's really comfortable. But yeah. I don't believe my comfort is where I don't think I deserve to like your comfort doesn't mean like, oh, I get to be as equally 
uncomfortable. Right, right. So like I always dress like a grown man. Yeah. Like who is going to another city when yeah. I fly. Yeah. Just because I'm like, oh, like, oh, yeah, it would be so great to not be wearing much of anything. Yeah. But I won't do it. Yeah. Because uh, I think we're better as a a people. Yeah. I, I try I, to be. I respect that. Just basic I respect gentleman that. stuff. I'm going to kind of, that almost falls into the shorts category, right? It is almost, it's kind of the same yeah. thing. It's like, it's like casual wear. Uh, pushed too far. Okay, I should get through these uh, categories faster or I'll, you'll have to move in, which would be fine with me, but you probably have other <laughs> yeah, places you have to be. Dogs. Um, okay, so next category will be let's put let's put the mansion, apartment, shack, or house in a context. Three places, anywhere in the world. Uh, in this universe, you can sort of get there easily. It's not like, oh, I'd have to schlep all the way to Tokyo every time. It's sort of like, almost like you magically Wait, man, And I can put them in it. Yeah, because you, I, I will determine, well, actually, you will sort of determine. Mansion, apartment, shack. Yeah. Yeah, but house. you can't control which one of those you get. You just have to tell me three places in which you would want want a, a, a home, which I will later tell you, like you which, ended up with, which one you get. Oh, so I just picked the locations mm-hmm. and you tell me which house yeah. I have. Okay. So, okay. Tokyo. I don't know why I randomly thought that was a good example to give you, but I but really, it, but I really I was strongly did. Right um Tokyo um New Orleans great London probably that's three and nope like that last wait, wait I got one you more. got Tokyo New Orleans Tokyo New Orleans and London it's three I only it's get categories three. of three even though it's mansion apartment check house for some oh, reason that's okay. the only four the four wait, one so I wasted them didn't I do you <laughs> Do you want to uh, uh, XL one and replace it with something else? Tokyo, New Orleans, London. Oh. Do you want to do a swip swap? No, I guess those okay. are good cities. Okay, next one is uh, almost sort of pursuant to the conversation we had about clothing and uh, the very, very first world problem uh, slash luxury that we are afforded, which is three foods that aren't amazing for you that you can't eat in perpetuity without having some sort of ramification on your health or, or figure, uh, three that in this universe are, um, good for you in fact, and you can just sort of have the snap of a finger and it could be a real specific thing like this one Euro that you got at this one place that you've never been able to find again, or it could just be, you know, brownies three. Oh, so three, three things where you're like, God, I wish I could eat French fries every moment that I felt like it, but there it is. Cause I would eat that only. Great. If I could. Great. Um, tiramisu, uh, scotch. <laughs> great, great. This is a good use of this category. And uh, what would the last be? I guess the last thing would be maybe like just something really spicy. Maybe like. Oh, nice. Maybe uh, Ethiopian food or mm-hmm, Indian mm-hmm. food, just something yep. the spiciest yep. thing. Great, that's great. Okay, all due respect to your wonderful girlfriend. This is a mash game, so okay. three ladies oh, so. that in this alternate universe can either be like alternate universe partner or just like alternate universe one night stand. Chili from Sexy TLC. Times. You know exactly what you're saying. Great, 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 <laughs> great, great, great. Had it all ready to go. Because, yeah, this is not a problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Uh, Chili from TLC, without mm-hmm. question. Great. Um, and uh, who else? Oh. Chili from TLC. <laughs> I mean, she's like so light years ahead. Probably yeah, somebody really. from. Like, I'm oh, worried I'm about you not ending up with Chili from TLC, but you might get one of these Believe other two. Believe me, like, if... Uh, <laughs> for a while, I was, like, tweeting. She answered back a few times. I was tweeting at her, and I kept telling her I wanted to take her to Chili's. And then the Chili's Twitter account started chiming in. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this seems doable, because we have, like, a corporate entity oh, involved. Yeah. You've got a so sponsor. Your yeah. team has a sponsor. And she's maybe this will make her feel safe. Uh-huh. But then it's Chili's... <laughs> So it didn't, hasn't happened, but I'm determined. Okay, Chili from TLC, and then probably like, probably some like musician, though I'm trying to think who that would be. And also, it can be someone from any era. Isabella you know? Rossellini. Great. From like 19, uh, you know, just when more age appropriate for me. Right. Like a blue velvety type. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, okay. And then the third one. Let's see. Um, oh, wouldn't mind me. I wouldn't mind. Um, <laughs> horrible. Maybe like, uh, oh, I know. I know. Oh, oh, uh, Francois Hardy. Oh, great. Great, 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 great. Yeah, without maybe just knock the other two off the list. No. Oh, maybe shit. not. I don't know. But like Francois Hardy. You know what? Like, Why nine... don't you just invite her to go to Hardy's? Yes. Is that still a place? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is exciting. You're, now then you just have this weird Twitter account where you're the guy who finds girls who has the same <laughs> last name as a place. <laughs> hey, Jill 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, so great. Okay. Uh, next category is, um, let's do three alternate universe careers. Um, okay. So, this, so, yeah, three separate things. Could be music, could be something that seems probably like it would be way too much work, but in this universe, somehow it's also easy. I think I would like to be a some sort of medical, like an acupuncturist, maybe. Oh, okay. Eastern medicine. Great. Uh Maybe, uh, I do think it would be fun. I mean, I kind of do this sometimes, but I, I love, uh, playing guitar in yeah, bands, yeah. but not singing. Okay. I great. love, like I, I played in my friend Walter Schreifel's band for a while and it was so fun. Cause I was like, I would be at this show anyway. Yeah. If I wanted yeah. a band and I'm, I love playing the guitar. So I kind of have just the best seat cause I love his music. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I love it just from doing like comedy. Great... It's nice to not be the center Thing. Yeah, nice to just kind of be like absolutely off to the side. So that would be one. That's great. Just play guitar for somebody else, and uh, and then the other one would be of like visual art. I think mm-hmm. like I would like to, or maybe like an interior mm-hmm. designer. Yeah, great. Because um, I love I'm I love that. I don't know if I'm Me good too. at it. Yeah, but uh. I like it. You might be in this world. Yeah, the alternate. Amazing. Okay, next one is three people that, <clears throat> for this, for our purposes, that you that you're unlikely to get the opportunity to interview. It could be because they are fictional characters, dead, or okay. so far removed from our reality that it might be too pie in the sky. Three. 
Okay, of three people that I would like to to interview. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, gosh, I mean, they're not that far off, but I always, I mean, and we know, you know, like April Richard, Richardson knows Morrissey, so I feel like it's like very close. Yeah. Like, but he's someone I've always. Maybe, oh, that's great. Maybe I don't want to meet him. Yeah, sometimes I know. I sometimes think. there's that. I've met Johnny Martin. He was great. Nice. And I've met Andy Rourke. But, uh, and Jimmy Page, maybe. But then I don't know if I want to meet him either from right. what I hear. Right. Well, I've heard, I know two people who have met him. And one was like, oh, he's so nice. And the other was like, he's nice, but I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, but, but still, I would like to meet him. Okay, so do you want me to put down? I'm, I'm, I can't tell if you're deciding you do want these people or if you're, yeah, put them if both. You're hedging Morrissey and Jimmy Page. Yeah, Great. and uh, who would be the third of of all time? Yeah, why not? Maybe. Uh, I don't know if this is the right answer, but maybe Janis Joplin, if I had to say. Sure. I say this only because going back to Dick Cavett, there's an episode with Raquel Welch and Janis Joplin on it. And on the face of it, you go like, oh my gosh, Raquel Welch all the way. But then they both talk. And by the end of it, you're like, Janis. Like, That's great. You're like, I, like, if you're like, if I could go. Yeah, yeah. And they're both at an age where... You know, like they're both at the peak of their powers. Yeah, like, well, yeah. even though Janice died, like I think a few weeks later, and she was clearly like not in the On best. Something or yeah, but she was still like so. They're like, it was just like one of those things. It's like how, yeah, there's a person like, oh, they're great, and then you talk to them, you're like, not as great as I thought. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Janice Jalen was just like, you think, well, she's like, not nearly as like. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous, put together, but I'm like sure. just uh, seems like yeah. incredible. So uh, the, I've always been like, and also going back to uh, Dick Cavett, they they were great friends, and like I've never asked him about this, but I heard an interview he did with Alec Baldwin, and uh, Alec Baldwin was kind of like, so did you guys have like sort of a, a special arrangement? And Dick Cavett said, no, we had the usual arrangement. Oh. And like, that's all he said. And it's kind of, I've never asked him, but I, and I think he was married at the time. So I don't know. Wow. God, maybe, what, a, uh, what a wonderful hint at something that may or may not ever be known. I know. And like, I figure like, you know, good enough for Dick Cavett, good enough for me. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, okay. Next category is <clears throat> three. How about three, like, <laughs> sort of companions slash pets that are as just out of this world as you want? It could be, like, you know, the cat in the hat or a dragon oh. or um, something that you can communicate with better than you can can you can, can communicate with just sort of, sort of a dog or cat as we know them now. Uh, or it could just be just totally random, like a, you know, wheelbarrow. These are all creatures? Kind of, yeah. I really like goats. This like, is a very good news. <laughs> I'm, they're like one of my favorite animals. Um, I like horses. Great. 
that's I guess that's everyone. Let's likes get a horse in there. Listen, it's your and category. I don't want you to feel pick. pressured to make it be whales. Crazy. Great. I'm obsessed with whales. Like, um, I think I'm going to see some whales later this year. And oh, I'm nice. Like, I think I'll probably. Where die. are you going to go? I'm supposed to go to Antarctica. Oh wow! At the end of the year. Okay, I have someone that you need to talk to before you leave because okay, they just good. spent two months going no and way. coming from Antarctica. Oh my gosh! There. Yeah. Um, okay, next category and final category, might I add? <sighs> Let's see. This kind of goes. This is uh, again. I'm really forcing a lot of like very quick extemporaneous thinking on your part that is for some kind of big stuff. So I apologize, but you're just giving great answers. Thinking about the Janis Joplin Dick Cavett thing makes me think like three sort of secrets or mysteries that you could have the knowledge for. So it could be like, was Jesus real and the way that we understand it to be, you know, some people think of him as to be real or who killed JFK, like all that kind of stuff. Or it could just be as little as could be medium size, like Janice and Dick, or it could be like, my parents never told me blah, blah, blah. And that's just remained a mystery to this day. That kind of thing. Oh, three. Maybe like some sense of, uh, I don't know, like to get into all this would be like take, it would be like going down a whole wormhole, but maybe something of like, uh, the, not the afterlife, but just sort of like energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just kind of like, uh, like how much science might there be to this idea that our bodies do or don't just die along with everything about us. Right, right. You know, and I think there's evidence in, uh, I mean, this is going, I'm not even going to get into it, but just with with my mother dying, like kind of like I had all these experiences and then I was talking to like different people about it and they were like, you know, both of them were like my therapist very quickly was like, oh, like this is not your subconscious anymore. Like this is your energy. And, like, he wasn't saying, like, a spiritual way, but he's just, like, your energy's connected, and, like, that's what's going on. Like, yeah. her, her energy's still out there. And then I was, like, seeing this, like, holistic doctor, because I was, like, so depressed. And I was, like, trying to get someone to crack the code of, like, make me not <laughs> sure. so depressed. And he was, I was telling him these things, and he's like, oh, well, you know, like, you know, whether you're, you know, look at it from whatever, like, spiritual, whatever, or even, like, quantum physics and string theory, he's like you're connected like so there is i think there is an energy that still remains and stuff so maybe it's some sort of better understanding of that or maybe it's better that i don't know yeah that um let's see um do our dogs really love us oh great (laughs) Or gonna get they, that answered for a lot of people. Or do they? You do a lot of people say that? No, no. I've never asked this. I don't think I've ever asked oh. this question before. But yeah, just sort of like, um, yeah. And like, do they? Of course, I want my dog to love me, but yeah. I, then, I, but it kills me to think that she just relies on you for food. And well, so well, no, there's that. Yeah, but then like to think like because they say like there's a part of it. I don't know how they can possibly know this, but they say when you leave. The dog thinks, well, they may never come back. Yeah. And that just breaks my heart. Yeah, yeah. That my dog thinks I'm never coming back. So yeah. maybe just some it's understanding of that. that yeah. Like that she's like, oh, he's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> oh, no. And, God, uh, that's a great one. Ugh. 
and uh that and then um uh and understand um I wish I I don't know just like uh I wish <laughs> I wish I could understand uh though I am getting I don't know that's not a good answer but just uh being able to separate reality from just garden variety mental illness that rules my days I think that's a great <laughs> use of this and <laughs> just kind of like you know to to know, be able to identify things that I Like, oh, this isn't something I need to be agonizing over. This is not part of a reality that is really informing, like, my health or what I need to be thinking about. Right. And I'm getting better at it, but it's, you know. I think that's a great answer. (laughs) I feel the same. Um, The one thing I was going to say about the energy thing, and again, I know this is a wormhole and we're not going to go there. But... um, I feel the same way, and I think you articulated it in a way that uh, that I maybe have not quite, which is this idea of, like, I'm not asking to be shown that a god exists. I'm not asking to be shown that, like, there are ghosts who wander where you could see a person's body and that you could sit with a crystal ball. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of if I have a faith placed in anywhere of the unknown, that that faith could still be placed in science. And the idea of, I have faith that science will resolve this kind of open-endedness that some people feel exists uh, in a positive way, in a way that's like, oh, you weren't crazy. There's a, there's a physiological reason that you, that, that, that this energy feels the way that it does rather than like, oh, your brain's just broken and it's trying to make itself feel better. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be like, really interesting to find out if that. Yeah, I think so. And you know, I'm and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm always like like people that are like oh, oh, that are always like, well, that's just your brain, and like, and people that are so like, you know, just a- atheist or whatever, of just like dismissive of any possibility. I'm like, you're just no fun, yeah. you know? Like, really, you're just gonna throw, yeah. you're just gonna be like, oh no, nothing. Yeah, and like. That feels like its own kind of faith to me. Like to me, that's the faith in not being surprised by anything and the faith in not, it's a faith in, I have faith that I can't possibly trust that I can't believe anything I I don't know right now in this moment. And most scientists would say, no, they're not going to say like, sure, although there are certainly people who believe God may exist and are hardcore evolutionary scientists. But Mm -hmm. the idea that, you know, people people that is there that there has to be an in-between between somebody who believes in jesus christ saying well you know they thought the world was flat until they found out it was round like there has to be some middle ground in between there that people can kind of you know entertain the idea of like yes there are you're saying that you know this heavenly father with a beard created this earth and that's your version of what I'm saying, which is like, yes, they did think the earth was flat and then this evolution happened or this dis- extraordinary yeah. series of discoveries happened. And why can't we have an extraordinary series of discoveries? Not to discover that there's a guy with a beard, which does feel like it's, we invented something we understand. Yeah, But yeah. something that's so far outside of our realm of understanding and that it's not about creationists, but it's just about, fuck, we had no idea that wormholes could do that to our timeline. Yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that that would just be like, oh, that's that's astrophysicism. Like, or, you know, that, that's an astrophysicist saying, I have seen something that heretofore we didn't even have the tools to see until we built XYZ. Right, right, yeah. Anyway. That's, 
it's a long conversation. It is. It's uh, a whole. Okay, give me. We'll okay, do, just do like six hours. I know, that. for real, like for real. Uh, g- uh, tell me when to stop. I'm just doing a dumb thing. Just tell me when to stop. Tell you to just arbitrarily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, stop. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm gonna pause this. I need to do some tallying because it's okay. an eeny meeny process. Very scientific. Okay. Speaking of science, I hope whatever happens. I hope I live in Tokyo with chili. Well, I'm glad you put it out there. I can't guarantee it. I'm going to pause this. Okay. I want to reassure you guys for the 200th plus time, it will feel as if no time has passed to you. All right, listen. This is good. This is really, really good. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I'm going to say number one. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. I don't know where you keep your horse in your apartment in Tokyo. But if ever there were a place where you could somehow there would there would be like a way around that, it's got to be Japan. Where yeah, they would be like, "Don't they worry, have we a- have a, a horse stable that is just adjacent to your apartment." Yeah, they would, or they would breed a tiny little horse, or a tiny little horse, which would be fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> God, tiny things. Uh, I wish I could have a game show that's just like they just describe a series of objects and you have to say whether they were invented by the Japanese or not. Um, okay, uh, next thing is that I like to imagine you riding your horse down the streets of Tokyo wearing a, a button-down shirt that is buttoned down about midway. Yes. There's, it's, now, that, now we're getting into Fabio territory. Right. But nevertheless, it is unbuttoned and you could not be more comfortable and look more fabulous with your relaxed rock star vibe. Yes. So congratulations on that. Uh, I uh, And by the way, I don't know if it has anything to do with the unlimited supply of scotch that you can have with zero <laughs> detriment to your body, but that is certainly a part of it. Oh, geez. Do I recommend that you're drinking scotch as the acupuncturist that you are? Possibly not. <laughs> Possibly not. Might want to hold off on that for a little while. Uh, and, uh, but I think that the, a right place for it would be, uh, your interview with Janice Joplin. Oh, yes. Where you can potentially ask her to solve the one particular mystery about the usual arrangement with Mr. Cavett. Uh, <laughs> and then in terms of, uh, personal mysteries, um, I want to reassure you that despite the fact that I've created this incredible make-believe world, you have solved the, uh, the, the sort of question and query of, your reality versus the things that kind of plague us that come in that aren't necessarily real. So congratulations on that. And that's going to come in very handy because you're going to need to spend all of your time focusing on how happy you are with chili from TLC. (gasps) Yeah. You got Tokyo (sighs) and chili and I was like, this is going to seem like I've did it on purpose, but yeah. I'm a little worried about all the scotch, but (laughs) everything else is But we figured out that it has zero ramifications. So actually... The thing that might be a bummer is that you might not get a buzz from it anymore. Maybe that's the weird yeah. curse I've put on it by making Ugh. it that thing. That might be the only downside. Um, Dave, thank you so much for doing the podcast, thank guys. You for I ordered. Me. I this is how much I love Dave Hill. I pre-ordered his book. Oh, thank you. It has you since so come much. out, so I have it. I got the audio version because I love Audible and oh, I'm a huge thanks. audiobook I hope listener. You can, six hours and you 40 read minutes it. of me, yeah. Um, uh, if you, uh, and by the way, if you want to get a sampling of what uh, Dave sounds like when he's telling one of his own stories, you could also check out one of the This American Life episodes he's been on. They're always mm-hmm. my favorites. Um, and then the last thing I need to ask of you is just to, uh, if you would, sing whatever random snippet of Don Henley's Boys of Summer that comes into your mind. I don't even care if you get the lyrics right. It's the representation um, of it. Okay. Somewhere on the beach. Somewhere on the run. 
No, I can see you. You brown, brown hair shining in the sun. After the boys of summer have gone. Love it. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.